Well, for those of you who have uh, seen it, uh, it's almost impossible to forget. The sun rising over a rural Russian village, the sound of a rooster crowing off in the distance, and then the silhouette of a man playing a fiddle on the roof. That's where we meet him. Uh, Teviev, the main character in this Broadway production turned box office hit, uh, and he says, here in the little village of Anatevka, you might just say that every single one of us is a fiddler on the roof. Then he goes on to describe uh, the two very important tasks that a fiddler on the roof has. The first very important task of a fiddler on the roof is to scratch out a pleasant, simple tune, he says. And then the second very important task of a fiddler on the roof is to do so without falling off the roof. You take these two simple things by themselves, but when you put them together, he says, it isn't easy. Now, you see, uh, at least in a nutshell, is what uh, this movie, this Broadway production, is all about. It's about putting two relatively simple things together. And not just uh, playing a fiddle on the roof, but uh, putting together our beliefs and our behavior. I mean, what does it look like? What does it look like to live out what we believe? Well, as Tevye tells us, uh, it isn't easy. And in the movie, uh, he doesn't just tell us this. He, he shows us. See, if you've uh, ever seen the movie Fiddler on the Roof, then you know that Tevyev is, uh, is the head of a Jewish household. And as the head of a Jewish household, it is his job to make sure that his daughters marry the right kind of people. You know, uh, men who will provide for them, men who will take care of them, men who will reflect the kind of beliefs that Tevye has. And as the movie progresses, uh, you discover that there's a problem, and it's a pretty obvious problem. You see, uh, Tevyev uh, has found the right kind of man for, her oldest, for his oldest daughter to marry. I mean, he's going to provide for her and take care of her and reflect his beliefs. And not only that, he's wealthy and Jewish and the kind of person that Tevyev already knows. But the problem is, his oldest daughter doesn't want to marry this man. His oldest daughter wants to marry for love because she's in love with a poor Jewish tailor. And this uh, creates this challenge, the challenge of putting those two rather simple things together, what you believe and how you behave. As the story unfolds, that to make matters worse, uh, Tevye discovers that this is the same thing that his other daughters want to do, and it forces the question, what does it look like to live out what we believe? You see, this is the very challenging question that Tevye faces in this movie, scratching out a pleasant, simple tune, and then not falling off the roof. And quite honestly, I think this is the challenge uh, that many of us face every single day. I mean, as followers of Jesus, as Christians, uh, what does it look like uh, to live out what we believe? Because we believe all sorts of things, things about Jesus, things about the way he calls us to live. You know, the hard, challenging, difficult message that Jesus shares in today's message is, it isn't easy. And see, that's why we need someone who's going to do just that, someone who is actually going to live out what they believe, who is going to be honest, who's going to tell us the truth, who's going to show us the way that things really are. And this, this is why we need Jesus. 
See, Jesus points out all those mismatched places in our lives, but here's the thing. He isn't simply here to point them out. He's here to do something about them, something that we can't do ourselves. And it's because of that that he can look at us and say, no matter how mismatched your life is, you can belong to me. He says this brings us uh, to today's rather challenging reading from Mark chapter 7. As the curtain rises, uh, we find Jesus ministering uh, in and around the Sea of Galilee. See, he's feeding the hungry, he's healing the sick, he's inviting people to follow him. And what you need to know is that this is beginning to attract all sorts of attention. And not just attention from local folks. It's beginning to attract the attention of the religious leaders from 75 miles south in the city of Jerusalem, who at the beginning of today's reading make their way up to where Jesus is in around the Sea of Galilee to have a discussion with him. You see, maybe their opening observation seems a little innocuous to you. We notice that your disciples aren't washing their hands before they sit down to eat. You know, while it seems pretty innocuous what they say to him, it's sort of like a, a, a loaded revolver. I mean, it's, a, it's like a, someone coming up to a group of pastors and say, we notice that you're sleeping in on Sunday mornings. And not only that, we notice that when you wake up, you're going off and playing golf. I mean, these are, are fighting words that these religious leaders bring uh, to Jesus and his disciples. And if you're listening closely or not so closely, you notice that it makes Jesus really mad. Because Jesus opens almost at full throttle. The prophet Isaiah was right, he says to them. I mean, he must have been speaking about you because he was speaking about hypocrites. You know, Jesus calls them out on on a wide variety of topics, topics like the purity laws, topics like the commandments, and topics like the inner workings of the human heart. And if you're anything like me, uh, it kind of makes you wonder, what is going on here? Uh, Because as a grade school teacher once told me, you know, when two boys get into a fight out on the playground, there's always something deeper going on beneath the surface. I think the really tempting thing about today's reading is to believe that this is just an argument about tradition. Uh, That the religious leaders, they believe one thing, and Jesus believes another but I think that would be a huge mistake because uh, the argument isn't really about that. It's not about the fake traditions of the religious leaders and the, the real religion that Jesus shows people like us. It's about the challenge of putting two relatively simple things together, what we believe and what we behave. I mean, what does it look like to live out what we believe? You know, the truth is uh, that this is exactly what the religious leaders who come and confront Jesus are trying to do. And, and on one point, the religious leaders are actually getting it right. And on a whole bunch of other points, most of them actually, they couldn't be further off. And you know, uh, the problem is that this is what Jesus is trying to identify. You see, they're getting some things right, but not all of the things. And to better understand the thing that they're actually getting right, uh, the ritual washing of hands... A little bit of background is helpful. You see, it all starts back in the book of Exodus when God tells his people, uh, this is what it looks like to live out what you believe. When you come into my presence, when you enter the temple, when you go to the altar, you got to wash your hands. 
And it's not just a tradition for tradition's sake. It's, it's God's way of showing His people that they belong to Him. Now, time passes. Uh, eventually, the temple is destroyed. The altar goes away, and people begin to wonder, you know, what do we do now? And this is the place uh, where the religious leaders are, are actually living out what they believe. They come up with a pretty creative solution. They say, well, you know, since, since the temple and the altar have been destroyed, instead of washing our hands when we go to the temple altar, we'll wash our hands when we go to the home altar, which is just another way of saying that when we sit down to eat, we're going to wash our hands. And so, in a sense, the religious leaders are getting it right. They are living out what they believe, but there's a problem. And this is why Jesus calls them out. Even though they're living out what they believe in this one part of their life, they're ignoring it in a whole bunch of others. So, Jesus calls them out. You're not following the commandments. You're not honoring your mother and father. And the significant thing for people like us today is to grasp that this passage isn't really about tradition. It's about hypocrisy. You see, that's why Jesus calls these religious leaders out. And it's his way of showing us almost 2,000 years later uh, that it's hard to put together our beliefs and our behavior, or as Tevye tells us, it isn't easy. Now, several weeks ago, a friend of mine recommended a podcast to me. He said it's a, it's a podcast a lot like Serial, uh, except it is uh, produced by Christianity Today, and it's about a church out in Seattle. And uh, the podcast name is uh, The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill, and as the name suggests, it's about the rise and fall of a church called Mars Hill out in Seattle. And I should mention uh, that I was a little reluctant uh, to listen at first because there is uh, a fine line between telling a story like this and doing something called gossip. Uh, But the podcast does a pretty good job of it, and several episodes in, it has me reflecting a lot on today's reading and the challenge of putting together our beliefs and our behavior. See, without giving a a whole bunch away, uh, the fall of Mars Hill has to do with a pastor who failed to put those two things together, his beliefs and his behavior. All of this could uh, certainly drive me to a place of pride because, you know, I'm certainly not like that. I've actually found it really convicting because this is something that I wrestle with almost every single day as a pastor. I mean, how do my words, how do my actions, how do uh, the kind of things I do, how do they reflect the kind of things that I believe? You know, I know that I'm uh, probably not the only one who wrestles uh, with questions like this. I mean, parents, teachers, employers, employees, about every single person I know wrestles with this question. And And it's hard. And that's why we need someone in our lives uh, who is actually going to live out what they believe because it's so easy to fool ourselves. I mean, it's so easy uh, to wash our hands like the religious leaders and say, uh, this sort of stuff doesn't really apply to me. You know, uh, the more I think about this, the more I realize uh, that this is exactly why we need Jesus. See, we need someone who is going to be honest We need someone who's going to look at us and tell us the truth. We need someone who is going to tell us the way things really are. And the way things really are isn't always the way they're supposed to be. 
You see, Steve, uh, Jesus regularly says to me, Steve, you messed up. You missed the mark. You didn't follow me. You know, it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable when Jesus calls out all the mismatched places in our lives. But here's the thing. Unlike the scribes, unlike the Pharisees, unlike all the other places that you can go in this world, Jesus doesn't simply come to point out all the mismatched places in your life. Jesus doesn't simply come to point out your sin. Jesus comes to do something about it. He comes to forgive the sin. He comes to reconcile the relationship. He comes to put this broken, hurting, sinful world back together again. Something something that we can't do by ourselves. You see, this is why Jesus goes to a cross. This is why he dies for our sins. This is why he rises again. And it's because he does that he can look at people like you and me and say, no matter how mismatched your life is, you still belong to me. Now, a number of years ago, uh, a pastor once told me uh, that there are three very important facets uh, to the life of faith. Those three very important facets are, uh, first, our belonging. Our, our belonging to God because of what Jesus has already done. And the second very important facet is our believing, our believing in the kind of message that Jesus has for us, and third, our behaving, our behavior as we seek to follow Jesus day after day after day. There are three very important facets, this pastor told to me, our belonging, our believing, and our behaving. Yet perhaps uh, the most impactful thing that he said to me is that while it is uh, difficult to hold our believing and our behaving together, Jesus is the one who's responsible for our belonging. You see, our belonging as followers of Jesus, our belonging as Christians, isn't dependent on how well we hold together our believing and our behaving. It isn't dependent on how well we live out our faith. Our belonging is dependent on something that Jesus did 2,000 years ago on a cross for people like you and me. You see, those things uh, that he did all those years ago, they're the things that give us freedom, the freedom we need to live and to learn and to grow, and then by his grace and through his love to eventually become the kind of people that Jesus calls us to be. And so on a day like today, when we hear a reading like this, uh, a hard reading, it's my hope and prayer that God would continue to bless you as you follow him. As you continue to ask that very difficult question, what does it look like to live out the kind of things that we believe? Because even though it isn't easy, even though it's going to make us ask some of the most challenging and difficult questions uh, that we will ever face in life, Jesus is the one who actually makes it possible because you belong to him. You see, that's what enables uh, his disciples all those years ago, and that's what enables people like us to follow him, to scratch out a pleasant, simple tune, even though so often we fall off the roof. Because as Tevye tells us, every single one of us is a fiddler on the roof. Amen. And I'm the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding.